This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 161. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I'm your host, Riley Bowman. And today I have with me also my partner in crime, Jacob Paulson. We're not criminals, Riley. <laughs> no, we're not. I hope not. No. <laughs> I've probably done something illegal in the last week. Um, jaywalking, probably. I don't know. Right, right. That's what I meant. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, hello, folks. Uh, we welcome you to another edition of the podcast. And uh, first of all, as many of you probably are aware, there was a uh, pretty bad mass shooting that happened last night in Las Vegas. And it's kind of hard to get on the podcast and record this morning. I think Jacob would agree. Uh, frankly, I'm at a loss for words. Yeah, it's hard to know what to say, uh, frankly. I mean, it's individually emotional, but even more so feels like a burden to discuss it out loud. Yeah, it, it yeah, it does. Uh, okay, so here's what we know so far. About 10, a little after 10 p.m. last night, uh, Las Vegas Strip, Mandalay Bay, uh, a man opens fire from the 32nd floor down into a crowd of, they figure, 40,000 people. That's a lot of people, bro. Um, and uh, it's a James Aldean concert going on. Uh, pretty popular dude. Uh, in fact, he just performed here in Denver last week or a few days ago or something. And um, 50 people so far that uh, we know of are, are dead and uh, over 400 injured. Um, it would uh, be the largest mass shooting basically ever in the U.S., um, that's pretty bad. ISIS is claiming responsibility. Did you see that, uh, Jacob? Yeah, I see that that's being reported. Um, I think that probably some people have some doubt whether or not they were or weren't responsible. You know, they may or may not take credit for things they shouldn't take credit for. But regardless, they're taking credit. And regardless, I think it's going to get more clear over time that the the shooter um, had those kinds of ties or interests or intentions that, that are terroristic in nature, re, you know, regardless of how directed the attack may or may not have been from ISIS. Yeah. I, of course they claim responsibility for just about anything bad that happens in the world, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if that holds to be true. Uh, the man, the 64 or 62 year old man that uh, committed this heinous act, he committed suicide as SWAT team breached the, the door to his hotel room and uh, ISIS is saying he converted to, uh, uh, well, let's just say he converted to them in recent months. Who knows? We'll see. It doesn't really matter. Either way, this is a terrorist uh, attack, and it's uh, one of the worst that's happened on our soil, and it should not be tolerated. Um, yeah, what are your other, what other thoughts do you have, Jacob? There's a lot of people that are affected by this, and I th I think that we we hear a death count and we think 50, and that's that's a that's a big number. That's horrible, and that's a lot of that's a lot of bodies. Don't get me wrong, but you're talking about thousands of people who are affected, which is kind of the point of terrorism, right? That it would demoralize and crush so many of us 
I mean, you have the immediate family members and the extended family members of those victims. You have the people who just live there who feel violated. You have the, you know, everyone who's going to a concert anywhere in the country in the next two weeks is going to feel scared uh, and nervous and worried. Uh, it, it just, you know, there's this this ripple effect that it just really does affect so many people. And I mean, we, we had comments from some of our employees this morning to the effect of, oh, crap, I got to go to Las Vegas in January for SHOT Show. And we're like, <laughs> it's funny, like how that affects us. It's, you know, it, it just, the, this really breaks a lot of people's hearts and it, it hurts a lot of families. And, you know, there's no way to underestimate, uh, or we shouldn't underestimate if, the, you know, the negative impact that this has. And we need to, to you know, take that into consideration and, and be praying for everybody who's impacted by this kind of a tragedy. Well, you hit the nail on the head as far as, I mean, that, that I said this is a terrorist attack, and uh, you just gave the definition of terror uh, in how it affects and demoralizes, uh, has the potential for that. Uh, I'm not saying it is. I mean, it may to some degree, but we will recover. I'm confident of that. Um, people will get on to living their normal daily lives, uh, even there local to Las Vegas. Speaking of which, I have personal ties there. I, I lived there for a time. And so, uh, as is probably typical of anyone uh, that has personal ties to a place, um, it uh, seems to cut it, you know, the heart a little bit more. Um, of course, uh, the, the Orlando Pulse uh, nightclub shooting last year kind of, I felt that way too. I, I, I number of years ago, I made several trips in a row each year to Orlando and uh, kind of got used to that place and, and enjoyed it while I was there. And you and I just returned from there, of course, uh, a week or two ago. But uh, it's it's hard to see. And our thoughts, our prayers, our hearts um, go out to those in Las Vegas and those uh, affected by this ta- attack. And, and like you said, it affects a lot of people. I mean, 40,000 people, if that number is, is accurate, uh, that many people in that area, uh, that's a lot of people. I mean, you're, you're going to know a friend of a friend uh, or somebody close that was there. And uh, so my personal thoughts and prayers go to each of you listening that may have been uh, affected uh, in some way. I just saw um, on social media, our good friend Rob Pincus said that uh, on social that he had some good friends on the front row uh, attending the James Aldean concert. And uh, he said that to his knowledge, they got out okay, everybody's okay. Uh, but that's just a great example of how close something like this, an event like this can, uh, can hit to home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is, it, and you know, I would, I would say too, if if you are affected that closely by this kind of thing, you need to get help. Like, don't be afraid to go get some counseling or whatever, whatever it takes to to keep your your brain in the right place and be healthy. Yeah, I just saw a good friend of mine in Las Vegas uh, mark themselves as safe uh, on Facebook. Uh, that event, by the way, is re- it's being referred to on Facebook. If you're in the Las Vegas area and you want to mark, or you were, were there and you wanted to mark yourself as safe, it's the violent incident in Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay. But uh, anyway, today, by the way, uh, I kind of feel bad because we're, I feel like we're raining on his parade. Uh, but today's episode is actually meant to be, uh, we're going to play back the interview you and I did a few days ago with Tim Schmidt president of the USCCA. And uh, he has some really exciting news to share with each of you uh, that he was able to share with us uh, uh, early. 
and uh, their official launch of this uh, um, update to their program and their services is today. And so we had to hold on tight to, to this uh, re- interview until today, and I'm excited to, to play it back. So should, should we shift gears and talk about something a little bit on a, I guess, happier note? Yeah, not you know, if, if, for those who are listening, you know, Tim's Tim's a great story because this is a guy who most of us, I mean, in this industry, have at least seen a video of him talking on a website somewhere. Uh, his company's been around for over a decade. You know, he started with Concealed Carry Magazine, and you're going to hear kind of the whole story. And this is a this is a guy who I would. I really relate to Tim because he's just a normal guy. Like he's not some ex-military, ex-cop, SWAT team. Like he's just a dad who wanted to, you know, be able to protect his family. And he, you know, was able to uh, create a business around that, around that mission, that ultimate need to help other people also protect their families. And I think it's very inspiring uh, a story and one that that a lot of us can relate to. And so I I think people really enjoy hearing from Tim. Yeah, indeed. I I also to relate to uh, his personal story in that regard. Uh, I remember discovering Tim Schmidt. Ew, boy. It's been, I would say, 2000... I I don't have an exact date, but I did go back and look at my email inbox, uh, my personal email that that I've had since 2006, and uh, I've got emails in my inbox from him in 2007. (laughs) So that I apparently had, like, I I may have deleted some others, some earlier ones, I don't know, but I I just searched, you know, Tim Schmidt in my inbox and and came up with uh, some pretty early emails. And I was like, wow, like, I I remember knowing of the USCCA and uh, I I was a member in the early days of, I mean, member in that that time frame would have been totally, I mean, it didn't come with... uh, uh, the self-defense shield like they have now but you know i i I subscribed to some of the things that they had available at the time the the magazine i received for a brief time and uh it's just really cool to see how far that organization's come having kind of followed it since its infancy and uh he like you said he, he just was very passionate about his family and taking it seriously to protect their family his family. And so that's what he did. And he felt like one of the ways to do that also was, uh, to educate himself and to share that, that knowledge, that, that information with those, you know, outside of his, uh, local sphere, as far as putting out a magazine that has gone all across the world now, I'm sure, but especially, you know, all across the United States here, pretty cool, uh, nice guy. And, uh, we were just so honored to pin him down for about what, 45, 50 minutes, uh, for an interview, which was pretty cool because it was not easy finding a time in his schedule (laughs) to make that happen. And so Tim, we're so thankful to you taking the time to, to do that uh, for us. Uh, so with that, I think let's go ahead and play back this interview and we'll catch you on the other side. All right, here we are sitting down together with Tim Schmidt from the United States Concealed Carry Association. How are you doing, Tim? I'm doing fantastic, guys. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, it's an honor to be here. I appreciate it. Well, the honor really is ours. Uh, you're a busy dude, and uh, we're just very fortunate to have been able to pin you down to a specific time on a specific day and <laughs> do this interview with you. <laughs> Sounds good. Let's. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. So I think let's start kind of back at the beginning of sorts, uh, the beginning of 
the USCCA. Uh, and I'll tell you, the first, the first time I heard of, of you or your organization, Tim, was the Concealed Carry Magazine. Mm-hmm. How did that come about? How did that get started? Well, that was definitely the first thing. And um, I started Concealed Carry Magazine. Um, the first issue went out in like January of 2004. And um, it took me about six months to put that issue together because I had no employees, just me. Um, well, I had employees, but they they worked for my engineering company and didn't know anything about guns. <laughs> um, and so this this was like my grand scheme <laughs> to like to start this new business, and and it all kind of hatched because uh, I started having children, and I kind of went through my own personal self defense awakening and realized that man, you know, if I'm going to bring kids into the world, you know, it's my responsibility to be their first line of defense. And, you know, being the engineer that I was, you know, I, I dove deep and tried to figure everything out. And I ran into a lot of roadblocks. I I can remember one time, guys, walking into a, a Gander Mountain a gun store in, in Wisconsin. I walked back to the back counter and, man, I didn't know anything about guns. And I walked up to this guy and pointed to a handgun and I said, can I look at that? And he looks at me and says, what would a guy like you want with a gun like that? Ooh. <laughs> I'm like, Woo, well... I don't know, sir. <laughs> that's why I'm asking for help. Yeah. And um, so that's just an example of, of like, man, maybe there's a way to, to help people like me that are going through that process that want to become that responsibly armed citizen. And so that was the impetus of starting the magazine. I, I bought three three books that, that all had to do with how to start a magazine. I didn't read any of them, thank goodness, because it probably wouldn't have started it. <laughs> and um, But that's how it got started, guys. And I'll tell you what, man, it was a it was a long, hard, expensive, crappy road in the beginning. But um, there's one thing my dad taught me is don't ever give up. So that's kind of the way I roll. Yeah, that that's a crazy cool story. And I'll tell you one of the one of the things I really love, Tim, about your story. Maybe it's because I identify with it a little bit, but we see a lot of the big players in this industry who come from military or law enforcement or frankly shooter backgrounds, and they think that or and perhaps they're right, I don't know. But for, for one way or another, they're kind of already in deep and they say, Hey, I wanna I wanna, you know, contribute or spread my my knowledge or whatever. And your story's a little bit more aligned with mine. In two thousand four when you kicked off the magazine, I didn't even own a handgun yet. And so it, it, I kind of identify with this idea of um kind of diving headfirst into an industry starting from a place of zero and, and turning it into a full-time business. T- talk a little bit, Tim. I, I remember the early days when I when I was learning about USCC. I became an instructor in 2007. And I remember back then it seemed to me that all of everything on your website, everything in the magazine was, was you really identified with uh, and, and talked so much about this idea of becoming a father. Talk a little bit more about what was going through your, your mind as you started your journey relative to, you know, be, having a family and, and kind of the environment, you know, at that time in your area. Sure. Yeah, no problem. Well, to, to, for me, the, the big turning point was um, dur- in the, during this process of reading books and magazines and going to some websites, I came across uh, this book by the late uh, Robert uh, Boltman, and it was entitled Living with Glocks. And specifically, the the article or the chapter was entitled The Constitutional Right and Social Obligation to Carry a Gun. And so I'm reading this thing, and actually, as the story goes, I'm sitting on an airplane going to some meeting from engineering business, and I was literally just getting goosebumps and shivers because Boltman was throwing things out there like, you know, if, you, if you're not willing to be the first line of defense for your family, you're, you might as well be a criminal, <laughs> which, of course, anyone that remembers Bob Boltman, you know, he's a pretty, pretty hardcore fellow. 
Um, but that was really what kind of got me thinking, man, this is, this is, this is my responsibility. And, and, you know, God bless the police officers who, who have such a tough job, but, but unfortunately, usually, you know, you call 911 and, it's, you know, by the time they show up, they're just cleaning up the mess. And, um, and that's certainly not on them. It's just the way things are. And so, so to me, it, it was just kind of a obvious aha that, man, that's it. This is, this is my thing. And I'm going to, I'm going to embrace this and, and, and take, go down this path and, and really figure it out. And, and that really eventually turned into Concealed Carry Magazine. And, and, you know, that first issue when it came out, I couldn't believe the response. I was just hundreds and hundreds of people contacting me, wanting to write, wanting to help, wanting to, you know, just be a part of it. And that was a lot, of, that was a serendipity that thank goodness that happened because I don't think I could have pulled it off on my own. Wow. Now, question, Tim, why a magazine? Why did you choose that as your, uh, your, mode or method of getting the word out yeah <laughs> oh god well that's a good question i would say that that next to starting a restaurant starting a magazine is the fastest way to a million bucks as long as you start with two million <laughs> i know that's kind of a pithy joke but honestly gentlemen I, I i tell this to everyone you know i'm i'm not that smart of a guy i'm not that original of a person so you know, the smart person would have maybe started some a website, you know, where you don't have these ridiculous printing costs. And I, I don't know why I started a magazine. It just seemed like a good idea. Sure. Well, and there really wasn't anything out there like it at the time. That I mean, I think that's something you had going for you. I mean, even today, we were really limited uh, in, in, in print media that specifically addressed armed self-defense. Um, and, and so it's interesting to think that yeah, you know, that was 2004. Here we are, 2017, and it's still the, it's still the game in town. And, and it would be very hard, you know, today for someone to to come into that space and give it a run. Well, I appreciate you saying that, and I, I certainly am proud of of our magazine team. They do such an amazing job. Um, and and I'll tell you, Concealed Carry Magazine is a heck of a lot different now than it was back in 2004. <laughs> Now we actually win awards and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you don't have to do it on your kitchen table anymore. Uh, Riley, we're, we're out there. Uh, Riley and I were out there um, last month uh, visiting the office. You have a beautiful building out there in uh, West Bend, Wisconsin. Um, you, uh, it's amazing to think that, that so, so much has happened since 2004. Give us a quick rundown, Tim, of, of what is what does the, the business look like today? Kind of give us the 30-second the, the spiel when you meet someone at the uh, Christmas party and to say, what do you do? Oh gosh, yeah, that's always that's always a, a tough question. So ultimately, the USCC is all about we provide bleh, we provide education, training, and self defense insurance to responsibly armed Americans, and we do that by um, you know the education part is we have a weekly newsletter that goes out to three million people. Um, we have a magazine that goes out to about two hundred sixty thousand people now, and we have about two hundred twenty five thousand members, and. Um, uh, you know that we we have, in, in in terms of like the additional benefits of of being a member, we have over 550 pre-screened pro Second Amendment criminal and civil defense lawyers that that essentially are literally waiting for our members to to need their help, and um and so it really is you know it's, it's almost like a family, guys. You know we 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 have a, an amazing member service team here. We have about over 85 people that all they do is they talk to members all day if they got a question or or. Uh, even if it's a question that has nothing to do with their membership, maybe they're traveling somewhere, somewhere, and they're concerned about, "Hey, can I carry in this state?" And you know, the website is confusing. What help me? And 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 we'll do that. 
And, uh, and that's what it's turned into. You know, there's, we're close to, I think we're about 180 employees. We just built a brand new 60,000 square foot uh, facility here, like you said, in West Bend. And, and uh, I like to think it's a fun place to work, but, but I guess you'd have to ask the people I work with to get the real answer. <laughs> Well, I have asked, and and they're very they're very happy to be there. It is a beautiful building, beautiful operation, and it was fun when when Riley and I were there. You you kind of had an open tour weekend, and and you had members, you know, from all over the country who happened to be in town that weekend, and they were coming through and seeing, you know, the the operation, getting a sense for you know this this is what I'm a member of, and I love what you said about being a family because it it certainly felt that way to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I agree with that. Uh, it, it seemed to me that you guys look like you have a great time. We do. We, we, we work hard. We play hard. Um, and you're right, guys. When I met you guys face-to-face uh, at, at our office, we were having special tours. And I couldn't believe I mean, there's, there are people that came from California just for that weekend. And it's such an honor. And it's very humbling to, to meet members that are willing to travel so far just to kind of – to see our place, so it's 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 um it's quite a blessing that this business has turned into, and and uh, it's not certainly not lost on me. Yeah, when did you realize that uh, you were kind of onto something, and uh, and that you well, I guess what became USCCA was really a a a bigger thing, you know, than than just a magazine. Well, officially, the USCCA. I guess really unofficially existed in 2004 in the very beginning, but it didn't really become a real association until 2006 or seven. And, um, you know, even back then it was not a money-making venture. It was, it was actually losing a tremendous amount of money. Thank goodness I owned the, an engineering company that was kind of the sugar daddy. Um, things really didn't take off until the self-defense shield benefit was launched. And that wasn't until 2011. So, it was seven years of struggle, guys. Wow. So tell us, what is Self-Defense Shield? So Self-Defense Shield is the, um, of the many benefits that, that membership, USCCA membership offers, it's essentially the self-defense liability coverage that's backed by insurance, and, and every single member enjoys this benefit. And essentially what it means is that if you ever have to use a gun or really any weapon to defend yourself, You'll have instant access to our 24-7, 365-day uh, critical response team. You'll have access to all of those attorneys that I talked about before, over 550 all across the country, one in ev- at least one in every single state. Most states have quite a few. Um, 100% upfront coverage for both criminal and civil, so there's no reimbursement. You don't have to like, you know, fork over the money yourself and, and hope that it comes back to you. And, um, and I mean, the, the, the benefits go on and on. There's, there's no annual limits, upfront bail funding, um, compensation while in court. Um, and if you join at our highest level, um, you'll have over a million dollars of protection per occurrence. So it's, it's really, it, it's by far the most comprehensive and, and really the best deal in, in the, in the space. Well, and it's funny because to, to me, I, I look back in hindsight and, and I, I don't know that you guys invented the space, but today, because your product um, is so strong and so powerful, it feels like you're leading the space, certainly. Uh, it, it, it feels to me like every time you guys do something, everyone else is watching and they want to understand how they can they can try and you know keep up or catch up. And it's been really interesting to see that progression because as you've grown, the other beautiful thing is that the, the bigger the USCCA has become, the 
more benefits you're able to provide. Uh, I remember when I was first learning about uh, the, the product, this would probably have been about 2010 or so, uh, when I first joined and became a member, uh, you know, comparing that, that you know, that the, the feature list then and the benefits then to what it is today, it's improved significantly. And I, I love that as you guys grow, you're able to make it even better and better. Uh, you're right on the money there. I'll tell you, if there was one thing that my dad taught me was it was the the unbelievable power of the the, invi- <clears throat> the invisible hand of the free market system, and that's what you're talking about here. I I love the fact that there's competitors coming in uh, into this space and uh, and and giving us a run for our money because ultimately the consumer wins in the end, and um, and that's the way it should be. And and it's it's uh, you know there's there, I love I love firearms, I love self defense, I love this business, but man, I also love free enterprise system and, 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 and just the ultimate game of business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I could tell that is part of your company culture as well. Uh, just in touring your office, there were little uh, references and, and clues as to that belief in the free market system, which I was happy to see. <laughs> <laughs> Amen guys. Amen. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> so can you kind of, kind of walk us through, um, some of the iterations or the evolution of self-defense shield kind of from where it started and maybe some of the big changes that you've gone through and, and uh, sure. to get it to where it is now. Oh yeah, no problem. Well, actually you guys mentioned something before that I'll bring up and, and that, you know, we weren't the first people in this space. Actually the NRA had been selling uh, almost like a, like an affinity product through, um, uh, through some essentially like a company that provides benefits to all sorts of associations and they've been selling this self-defense insurance, like individually underwritten policies for, gosh, probably 15, 15 years. Um, they were underwritten by uh, Lloyds of London, out of, obviously out of the UK or, or out of London, duh. And, um, <laughs> and not many people knew about it. Not many people bought it. They didn't really push it. It was, and quite frankly, if you read the, if you read the insurance policy back then, it was, it was not worth very much at all. I'm not even sure if they, you know, just how much they even, how many instances they even covered. Um, but that was kind of where we got the idea. I'm like, Hey, let's, let's actually do this right. Let's, let's, let's provide it as a membership benefit instead of, Forcing people to be individually underwritten, and um, and that's how that's how it, it came to be. And it launched in 2011, and um, right out of the gate, our you know we we instantly picked up like 25,000 members like within the first couple months. Kind of knew I was onto something. And then the cool thing is, you know, I'm I'm a really big believer in constant innovation, and so every single year we come out, we completely redesign, completely reinvent the self the self defense shield benefit, and. Um, as you guys were saying, you know, I look back and, and, and at the very beginning, the platinum level, which was our highest level, the, the max benefit was $300,000 and now it's over a million. <laughs> and it's hard to believe that it's improved that much. Um, and now we're even adding a brand new uh, level, the elite level, and that is going to have a, 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 a per incident benefit of, of, of $2.25 million. So, you know, obviously not everybody needs that, but there's a lot of people that want it. So, so I, I, I'm, I so strongly believe that one of the best strategic strategies is to constantly innovate your product and, and, and just make it better and better for the customer, make it easier to understand, easier to consume. And if, as long as you do that, you're, you're in good shape. Wow. Now, did you just leak something there, Tim? Uh, you referred to an elite level? <laughs> well, we're launching a brand new elite level um, on October 2nd. Awesome. So folks listening, uh, 
you heard it here first. Uh, and uh, I appreciate that, Tim. I, I want to come back to uh, Self-Defense Shield uh, 6.0 here in a minute. But I wanted to focus a little bit more on the, the fact that the Self-Defense Shield program has been around for basically about six years now. And uh, a lot of lives have been touched through that program. Uh, could you maybe share what some of the common stories or incidents <clears throat> members that you see? Yep, sure. Yep, and actually, it's 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 we we were over seven years, um, and we have hundreds and hundreds of cases in terms of you know successful stories um, that prove that the self defense shield does work and is keeping good people you know out of jail when they're being unmeritoriously prosecuted, and and so the most common stories are you'll 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 hear are are from you know someone that's printing right, and so in some states printing is illegal. And, and, um, you know, if, if, especially if you're in an area where people are like a big city and people are, are hoplophobic and afraid of guns, you know, that gets you in trouble. Now, of course, I'm not condoning, you know, printing. And when I say that, I'm talking about being able to spot your gun underneath your cover garment. Um, but a lot of times, if you're, you know, if you, if you have a permit in, in uh, California or something, you know, printing charge, that, that's going to cost you five to 10 grand. And, um, and so, so even if you're, uh, no matter what level at, you're at at the USCCA membership, you know, that's completely covered. You don't have to worry about that. Um, and so, so that's a pretty common one. Uh, I would say there, we also have situations where people will, will come into airports and they'll forget their, <laughs> forget that their gun, uh, was in their bag. Um, we certainly help our, mem- our members with that as well. And so the most common instance, incidents aren't really the, you know, oh my gosh, I had to shoot someone. It's, it's more of the, just the happenstance uh, situations where you're maybe at the grocery store, you're reaching up, someone sees your gun, they call the cops, and you get arrested, and and now you've got to just go through the procedural stuff, which that costs money as well. Um, and so, really, that's that's good. That's that's a good story on multiple levels. Number one, number one, it's a good story is because imagine you know your typical USCCA member, you know, do they have ten, you know, five, ten, fifteen, twenty grand laying around to to get them out of this mess? No, they don't. And so it's it's a blessing for us to be able to come in and, and, and just take all those problems away. Um, but the other reason it's a good thing, guys, is that, is that these are not deadly force incidents and because um, nobody wants to be in those. Now, of course, we certainly have some of those, and there's some pretty crazy ones. And if you want to hear about those, I'll I'll let you in on them. Well, I, I think this is important to, to kind of really point out to anyone who's listening to this, because I, I tend to believe that there's a lot of people who don't you know, proactively join you know, your organization because they think that that worst case scenario is never going to happen to them. But what they're neglecting to understand is that the vast majority of the time when your membership benefits are out there helping members, it's not that worst case scenario. It's this other silly stuff that that does happen all the time that, that is, is, is far more frequent, far more common. And, and that's maybe a barrier that people are not getting over when, when they consider membership. Do, do you think that's fair? Oh, that's 100% fair. And, and like, my, like my good friend Dave Grossman always says, you know, hope and denial are never a good strategy. And, um, of course, it's a lot easy to, to hope and, and kind of be in self-denial about that, that horrible incident, especially if you live in a relatively safe area. But the incident where, you know, you accidentally you forget your gun you know, in a restroom, which, of course, unbelievably irresponsible. And, and I mean, I've certainly never done that, but, but some people have. And, um, and, you know, for, for you to have to come up with, with 15 or 20 grand to get out of that hot, hot mess, it's, that, that's, that's not good. No, not at all. Mm, indeed. So you 
teased us a little bit there, Tim. What are maybe some of the more intense or crazy stories oh. that you could share with us? Well, these, these stories, I mean, these are these certainly aren't entertaining and, and they're not fun at all. Um, probably the first one is was actually a relatively high-profile case. Um, young man and his two boys were at a barbershop in Memphis. You guys probably remember this. And uh, the they weren't none of them were in this chair. They were just kind of waiting to 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 you know waiting for their turn to get their haircut. In walk these two guys with um, with guns. You know they're going to do strong arm robbery, and um, one of the guys holds the gun up to one of the barber's head. And and our member, the the USCCA member, the dad of these two boys, he's just thinking, oh my gosh, he's going to shoot this guy. And um, so the next next thing that happens, uh, one guy starts shaking everyone down for their wallets. And as he comes up to our member, again, guy's not trying to be a hero, but he but he has some pretty decent training. He said, "Hey, I just need to go to my bag to get my wallet." So the criminal lets him. As he goes to the bag, the guy looks the other way. Our guy pulls his gun out, and and he shoots one of the criminals, shoots one of the robbers, and um, the other guy flees. And then the guy that got shot, he took off as well, but ended up a couple blocks away, um, died of his gunshot wounds. And gosh, you know, I. Again, I hope and pray that no one ever is in such a horrible situation. But can you imagine what it would feel like? Here you are with your two young sons, and these two criminals are like they come in armed, and uh, I just can't imagine what that would be like. So it was, you know, it was an honor to be able to to help this guy and make sure that that there were no uh, criminal charges leveled against him. We got him through the grand jury proceedings. They didn't even file any charges because we had the best second defense attorney on that case. And, and, uh, it was, it was a win for, for, uh, for everyone. Mm-hmm. T- t- those, those stories are crazy. And Tim, I, I'm, I'm grateful you shared that one. I, re- I remember that one. I remember there was some surveillance video that went pretty viral on it. And uh, these these things do happen. And, you know, on this podcast, every Monday, we release an episode where we review a solid, you know, four or five stories just from the last seven days of people using a firearm um, legally, you know, in, in defensive use. And a lot of the times, you know, the, it's a pretty clear cut thing. Law enforcement's going to come in, say, yep, good work, you know, uh, and, and, and they're going to move on. But uh, sadly, that's not always the case. And, you know, Give us kind of your thoughts, you know, having kind of seen all these things flash by uh, over the last seven years or so, talk a little bit about your experience with, you know, gun owners and law enforcement prosecutors and, and you know, what's what's kind of your perspective on the state of things and what people really need to, to worry about or, or what's, you know, all, all you know, air and smoke that we, we blow around in this industry? Yeah, that's a great question. I guess first I'll start by saying that Probably the thing that bothers me the most is how across the board, you know, in the entire country, police officer police officers are are just getting a bad rap. They don't get, they don't get the respect that they deserve, and and I think a lot of that comes from the the mainstream media vilifying police officers for simply doing their job. Um, I think that you know they, they have one of the toughest jobs there is. Um, and so the, this process of this vilification of, of like, again, you know, some of the best servants in our communities, what happens is that now they start to get jaded toward everyone. And so, of course, that has a, a negative impact on the responsibly armed citizens like you and, and me. Um, it's not that bad. I mean, obviously, this doesn't happen a lot. But nonetheless, it, it's, it's a component. In terms of, you know, what's it like to, to be in a, a post-shooting incident and having the responding officers and the investigating officers show up, 
You know, unfortunately, that is it, it is com- it can be a completely different scenario based on where you live, based even sometimes based on the counties that you live. Um, it's all a function of of you know who's their district attorney. Is he an anti-gun person? Is he pro-gun? Um, the chief of police, same thing. You know, what is their bent? What is their their uh, perspective on 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 the Second Amendment and and natural born rights? Um, and so, so like you guys said, there could be some times when, when you're in a self-defense shooting and literally you're getting slapped on the back by the police officers because, because they know that what you just did, you, you know, you took some th- criminal off the street that, that was probably already in prison three or four times to the exact opposite where, and again, this happens to our members all the time where, where you, uh, on your own property, like our, 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 our member, Buddy Shepard, he was arrested for simply pulling a gun out of his, you know, walked into his house, grabbed a gun because there are two people threatening his daughter on, on his property. And so that's the exact opposite where, where he didn't even pull the trigger and, and, and he got handcuffed, arrested, taken down and, and charged. So I guess the long, or the, the short answer to this, or short summary to this long answer is, is that you really never know what's going to happen. And, and, uh, districts and, and counties and sheriffs can change quite rapidly and, and they, and they change quite often. And, and so I think the best bet is to make sure that you truly understand the use of force laws. Make sure that you have a backup plan. Make sure that you have either a good relationship with, with a, a, a pro Second Amendment self-defense attorney, um, or have some alignment with an organization that can help you do that. And, um, and so, yeah, that's, that's my summary on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good thoughts. Yeah. Now, one thing I'm curious about there, Tim, is you, you kind of touched on a couple of times talking about understanding the laws, uh, being responsible, being educated. You guys have some resources to help educate people uh, about all sorts of things. But look, can we touch on one of the benefits of being a USCCA member a little bit more deeply as far as what kind of resources are available to a member as far as calling your hotline and getting some uh, in- information or help with understanding the laws? Sure. Oh, yeah. So, so again, our you know, as I mentioned before, we have that twenty four seven, three hundred sixty five day uh, critical response team hotline. But now that's that's strictly for like if if you're if you were in an incident and the police are on their way and you know you need to call us. That's what that's for now. But we do have, um, like I said, like over eighty five member service agents, and during normal business hours, which is eight a.m. to ten p.m. Uh, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., I believe, on Saturday, those folks will literally spend as much time on the phone as you need to get every question answered, whether it's a, a legal question, whether it's a travel question. Um, not, not to mention, right on our, our website, you go to the members-only section of the website, and you can download, There's gosh, there's two, do- two dozen different guides that, that walk you through all sorts of different Training or or legal knowledge that, that that you really need to understand to to be that you know responsible gun gun carrier. For example, I'm looking at this one report: six, six things you didn't know would happen when the police arrive. Seven steps to highly effective uh, highly effective situational awareness. Um, here you go. Concealed carry. This is like nice little concealed carry map. Deadly force decision making. This is the, the the report that goes through all of the different uh, steps that are, are essentially. Uh, all of the different things that have to be present for you to be able to legal to be used deadly, deadly force, and, and it goes on and on. So, so you know, we we really take the whole 
education and training thing very seriously. Um, and I'm not even talking about our, our instructor cadre all across the country, which is obviously the, the training component. But um, you know, I, I really think that, that we've done a good job of making it easy for, for someone to, no matter what level they're at, you know, take it from where you're at and you can get to the next level of being that much more uh, confident and capable um, and ultimately responsible with your gun. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought up the instructor piece. Uh, you do have a huge uh, network of instructors across the country. So besides being able to call in and get some help with legal questions, what what can uh, a member or anyone for that matter benefit from as far as taking classes from your instructors and what kind of classes or courses are available? Sure. So our, our instructor, so like I said before, I believe we have about 1500, maybe 2000 certified instructors all across the country is, is growing rapidly. We're really in the expansion mode there. And, uh, they teach a concealed carry and home defense fundamentals class. They teach a, um, a, a combat, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a combat first aid class. Um, they teach, I believe that, that they teach a, a concealed carry class that's accepted in over 30 states for an actual concealed carry license. Um, and, I, and I believe we just started teaching a woman's handgun and self-defense fundamentals class as well. Um, we're continually expanding that curriculum and, um, and, and, and also we're continually expanding the, um, you know, the group of these instructors. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's what that's all about. And besides the in-person training, you have a large resource of online videos available too, right? We do. Yep. <clears throat> I just um, – I'm actually on the website here so I can sound really smart when you ask me all these questions. <laughs> uh, but we um, – yeah, we have all sorts of uh, uh, online videos. Um, one of the neatest things that we do from a, from an online education and, and I guess individual training perspective is every other month we – we do this uh, uh, USCCA. What do we call it? The the proving ground, where where we'll actually set a person up who is a your typical concealed carry person, and we we use this system called um, Gosh, what's it called, Chris? Do you remember? Essentially, in, instead of using simunition guns, we use these these like they, they look like real guns, and they shoot a little laser pulse, and you wear this vest that that will shock you with like ten thousand volts, low low current, of course, so it doesn't kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, but ultimately, you simulate that adrenal stress response because you don't want to get shot because it hurts like heck. And we put people through different scenarios. And because it's not simunition, now you don't have to wear product, protective gear so you can see people's facial reactions and, and, and just what they're, what they're going through. Um, and so, so I, obviously, as we do these, these uh, trainings, we, we, um, we, we document. We, we've got like – I think the last time we had like a 23-camera shoot where we, were, we, we, we completely got this whole thing. It was, a, it was how to survive an active shoot, uh, shooting situation. Um, and all those videos are on our website, uh, and, then, and then we dissect the whole thing, and we, and we, give, we offer tips on, hey, what, what could you have done? What should you have done? Um, and it's a really neat way to, to kind of immerse yourself in a, in a training situation without having to hop on an airplane and, and, and travel to, to somewhere else, which, of course, you should do that as well, but, but you can't do that, you know, every weekend. Right. Well, that's great. Yeah, that, I think that's really kind of a – I think people don't always realize how many resources are out there. So I'm I'm glad Riley you asked about, you know, all these other things that are available to members. Uh, you guys have a really nice, easy to use uh, mobile app that has a lot of great resources in it as well. Um, you have the website, people can log in. I remember, you know, speaking of such a simple thing, you know, this is one of so many little things that are membership benefits. I really appreciated when I first became a member in 
I, I, I thought it was 2010, but apparently not. It must have been 2011, 2012. Um, but you have this cool little feature in the, where I can put in an email address and you guys will remind me when my per- permit's going to expire. Uh, you know, and I remember at the time just thinking, this is revolutionary. You know, someone's going to remind me to renew my permit. And, and, uh, here in Colorado where Riley and I are, there's no other reminder. The government doesn't send you a renewal notice or anything. So you're completely on your own. And, and so, you know, just those little things. And there's so many of those little things that are available, uh, from, from the organization. And, uh, you know, as you've grown too, I, I've, I get really excited because you guys have done so much um, curating of talent. You have so many phenomenal people in the organization now that are in charge of writing for the magazine, for doing the videos, for training the instructors. And it's, it's far more than, than Tim now, you know, teaching everybody about guns. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, 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 you're right. And it's, it's, it's amazing and humbling to, to see what it's become. And, and um, like I said before, I think I, you know, my, 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 my trick, my, my secret uh, sauce to all this, I just surround myself with people that are a lot smarter than me, um, which not that difficult to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, something's working there. Um, Tim, talk a little bit, you know, because I know our listeners are going to get upset if we neglect to ask the question. Uh, recently, there's a little bit of a hoorah drama uh, because at the 2017 NRA annual meetings, uh, the USCCA was uh, disinvited, and you guys, you guys participate in a lot of these uh, shows. You guys have a very uh, significant contribution and presence at Shot Show, uh, traditionally at the NRA shows as well. Talk, talk through. Give us you know, the another thirty-second you know story of what went down. Sure. Well, I, I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't want to whine about this, but, but um, so the NRA, you know, we we had our I think 600 square foot booth all reserved for months ahead, and and we had already shipped down all of the 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 um you know the 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 booth and all the stuff that goes. You know, so it's sitting in the warehouse in Georgia, and I think we had probably 55 people with plane tickets and hotel reservations, and, and so we're all squared away, getting ready to go, and and then we get this letter. They're like, "What the heck." We we can't come now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was just, now. Of course, the reason was was because um, they launched a, a competitive product called the Carry Guard, and and um, here's here's my thoughts on that, guys. I mean, man, the NRA. I mean, they have been the pioneers in in Second Amendment legislation and lobbying for heck over over 125 years. And I mean, I love these guys. Without the NRA, you know, I I, I feel confident that the Second Amendment would be in much worse shape than it is now in the U.S. Um, and quite frankly, I mean, now they've decided to throw their hat in in the ring in our marketplace. And and like I said before, I, mean, I totally welcome the competition because um, compared to the other competition out there, the NRA is going to be formidable. They they've got some serious resources, and uh, they're playing for keeps based on the amount of money they're spending. And so I welcome the competition because ultimately it's going to be better for the consumer. Um, and, but. I have to tell you though, once once people really do the comparison, you know, it's not too difficult to see that the USCCA we have the best coverage, the best community, and by far the best support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really appreciate that you guys took the higher road in terms of your response to that. I think it was a moment, you know, as we covered it, you know, in some of the news uh, content that we published on our site. Now, what I was most impressed by were the comments from our readers and our listeners of the podcast who said things to the effect of you know, how, how much they respect the USCCA for the way that you guys responded to that. You know, you could have, you know, cried a, cried a river and said, hey, this is ridiculous and the NRA, you suck. Um, but instead, it was, it was more about, hey, you know what, we love the NRA for the good things that they do. And we can't always understand or agree with every little decision they make. But you know what, we're still going to support them because they're our best bet to keep our rights. 
and you know i'm i'm paraphrasing you can you can call me out tim if i if i if i butcher it but i think people really really appreciated that you you took the high road in that regard you still are taking that high road well i i just think that's the the, the right thing to do and and um i mean the nra is a huge organization there's millions of members there's hundreds of board members and um you know, I mean, a handful of people made this, made these decisions. So there's the last thing I'm going to do is throw the baby out with the bathwater. And like you said perfectly, I have nothing but respect for the NRA, and and I'm grateful that that they exist. And and quite frankly, I'm grateful that they're that they've that they've come into this the, to our marketplace because it's 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 going to be fun. We're going to have fun together. <laughs> there you go. Nice. So let's uh, now get back to Self Defense Shield 6.0, Tim. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Sure. Yep. Probably the most exciting thing is that we've um, added this brand new level called Elite. So the the former highest level was Platinum, and that had a, uh, a civil suit and damages level protection of a million dollars, and now we've we've taken it up to two million dollars. Um, not only that, but we've we've increased the cr- criminal defense protection um, from one hundred and fifty thousand up to two hundred fifty thousand. The the bail bond front the upfront bail bond funding has gone from um, twenty five and or essentially twenty five thousand dollars, which give you a two hundred fifty thousand dollar bond, up to a half a million. We've cranked up the the compensation while in court from five hundred to seven fifty. Uh, we've added this personal hardship coverage, which is essentially money that you can use to to you know to buy a new gun when the cops won't give you your gun back because they won't. Um, and that's six thousand dollars, and we also have money that's set aside for psychological counseling, um, which you're probably going to want to get um, if you're in a self-defense situation. So this is the brand new elite level, and it's uh, forty-seven dollars a month, um, which is about seventeen dollars a month more than the platinum. Um, but I think you know if you look at the coverage, it's practically double on every front. So for for obviously less than double, you get a heck of a lot more coverage. And um, we're really, really excited about this, really proud of our partnership uh, with the insurance company that, that, that helps make this happen. And um, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really pumped. So Yeah, I, I am stoked about the mental health coverage. I think that is massive. You know, as you were going through the numbers, it was like, oh, sweet, like more coverage, more like, great, awesome. I'm, I'm a huge fan. But when you talked about that men- mental health thing, uh, oh man, like that, that was massive. I, I think about, you know, when, when we interview people who have been involved in those kinds of incidents, the, the trauma, the mental trauma that they undergo and the inevitable um, help that they're going to need in order to continue to live uh, any sort of, you know, valuable and normal and ha- happy life, it, it, it's going to have to happen. And that, that is not inexpensive, nor is it a one-time done and, and done kind of thing. It's going to require ongoing support and help, and it's going to, it's going to take resources. So I'm thrilled. I mean, in my, in my personal opinion, from that description, I think that is uh, revolutionary in, in the game. And I think it's a massive benefit that makes the elite level worth it by itself. Oh, well, man, I'm glad you're as excited as I am. And, uh, and, and you know, a, a lot of these new enhancements came right from our members. They came from situations where, where our members were, were in these, these violent encounters and, and they needed psychological support. And so, so you know, the, usually the best ideas come from your customers. And, and so that's where that one came from. So I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that as well. And I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you like it. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, I'm reminded, Jacob, of the interview I did recently with Andy Brown, uh, author of the book Warnings Unheeded, and a big piece of that book and, and a piece of that interview, too, uh, was talking about the psychological impact uh, of 
either you know living through some kind of active shooting or attack or some kind of ambush. But there, there's that piece, but there's also the psychological cost of taking someone's life, and uh, both of you know are things that that Andy you know had to live with and had to get over, and it wasn't an easy journey for him, nor is it an easy one for for anybody out there. So that is, I think, one we can look at a lot of these different benefits uh, and compare them to other uh, products out there on the marketplace. And as Tim has already uh, suggested that that marketplace is getting bigger and they're going to have a lot of fun, but I don't see anybody else offering this psychological support piece. I think every single person who goes through these kinds of events needs that support. And sometimes, unfortunately they don't get it and, and how that, that, you know, decreases the quality of their life moving forward is the real tragedy. Yeah, that, that's that's a great point. And um, and you know, a lot of times when when there isn't money set aside for that, like you said, people don't don't do it because now it has to come out of their pocket, and um, and that that is something that they have to deal with for for the rest of their life. So, yeah, I'm I'm really happy about this. And I guess, quite frankly, I'm not sure if our competition does this. I'm sure, ho- hopefully, and, and I mean, this may sound weird to you guys, but I, I hope that they co- I hope they do. I hope they copy this because even even to the people that decide not to become USCCA members and, and go with our competition, I mean, that that psychological support is important. Mm, indeed, yep. way to, way to innovate. I'm glad you recognize that fact. So. This is pretty exciting. Uh, so Self-Defense Shield 6.0, uh, six years in the making, and uh, the elite level membership coming to uh, to the options here. That's that's really awesome to see. October 2nd, so this episode will be released on that day. Uh, really exciting stuff. I'm glad to hear it, Tim. Now, a little more personal question, I guess. I'm curious, what is your personal EDC? Hmm. My personal EDC is, um, I would say 90, 90% of the time I carry a Glock 43 in a Nate Square tactical professional holster. And I carry a 511 uh, Strider SMF frame lock knife. Nice. Um, the other 10% of the time is, is actually I'll, I'll, I stick with, I stick with Glock cause I'm a big fan of Glock. Um, but I'll move up to the Glock 19 and that's, this may sound crazy guys, but I carry a Glock 19 when I go to church because, well, think about it, all right? I mean, if there's going to be some some crap going down or some mass shooting, it's going to occur in a in a, in a church, right, or, or or in a school or something, and and so I'll, boy, now your now your now your customers or your listeners are going to think, oh, he's off his rocker, but I don't care. So yeah, if I on Sunday morning I'm heading to church, I've got my 19 plus two extra magazines because I, I'm going to be the guy that that's going to stop the. Yeah. Yeah, we and we've seen just recently, you know, the 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 Tennessee uh, incident uh, that took place in the church just in the last in the last week or so. Um, it's interesting because you know, Tim, you're you're one of those uh, in you know unique people in this country. When you're at work, you're pretty darn well set. You know, <laughs> you guys have a great yeah. gun culture there, and I suspect that's a place where uh, you know well, everyone's gonna gonna take care of each other. Oh my gosh, you're you're so true, and and just here, let me sprinkle some good news on top of that. So so the average age here is about I think 28 years old. So there's a lot of young people here, and think about that. So so all these young people, and they all carry guns. I mean, we're having a huge impact on on certainly the the culture in West Bend. That's the city we live in here, and uh, and it, it just makes me so proud to to see this new young generation of of you know pro Second Amendment gun carriers that you know they're taking that responsibility as their own. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of Wisconsin, I know Jacob has a question about Wisconsin, uh, but you know that's a few years ago. That wasn't exactly uh, the a hotbed of concealed carry. You know, that was it was one of the last states to kind of come to the table for as far as concealed carry is concerned. And just recently, I saw, by the way, reported that there is a, a bill in the works in the state house to maybe go to constitutional carry. Mm, yes. Crossing my fingers on that one. Yeah, right now, Senate Bill 169 um, would essentially yeah, create constitutional carry, um, which I I personally think is, I mean, that's that's really what, what we all should have. You shouldn't have to to you know, apply for a, a permit to, to, to exercise a, a natural-born uh, right, right, that's affirmed, affirmed by our, our Second Amendment of the Constitution. So, I, I'm not sure where that's at in terms of Wisconsin. So the Wisconsin listeners, you guys may have to do your own research on that. But but you're right. You know, the, the, the home of Concealed Carry magazine started in 2000, like seven years before we got Concealed Carry, which is kind of crazy. Um, but honestly, the reason that that that, um, that, I, that I started the business in Wisconsin was because that's where I was born. And that's where I lived. And, um, and I knew that it was going to be a national organization. And, um, you know, did I carry a gun? Back when it was illegal, I mean, it was it was actually illegal to openly carry a gun back then. Um, quite frankly, that's 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 just kind of my own personal information. And uh, but now, it's, ever since 2011, it is legal to carry concealed carry in Wisconsin, which of course I'm grateful for. Yeah, so I think you had a lot of foresight to kind of understand that this is the direction things were going, and Wisconsin was was going to get on board, and that you know this this was the growing industry, so to speak, or. Or this idea yep. of an armed citizenry, and uh, thank goodness that <laughs> Wisconsin and now Illinois also uh, have come along and come on board since since you launched that magazine. Yeah, no kidding. And I, you're right; it, it is hard to believe that Illinois came on board. Yeah, that was that was uh, the last to fall, I, I suppose. Uh, Tim, what would be some you know other things that you would like to share? Kind of you know for for listeners of this podcast, armed citizens who are out there every day, uh, they really want to make sure that they're prepared, they're trained, and that they're empowered uh, to do what's necessary to protect themselves and their loved ones from the threats that surround them. What what are you know any additional thoughts that you would like to share with with that listener? Um yeah, there really is, and you know this is really important because especially if if you're going to live that lifestyle of preparation. It's easy to cross that line into paranoia, and pe- pre- being prepared is is healthy. Being paranoid is not healthy, um, and so I would just challenge all of your listeners, and, and I, I mean I challenge myself with this every day, guys. You know, expect the best, but prepare for the worst. You know, so don't live your life thinking that everyone's evil and they're all to get you because most people are good. Um, but if you you know if you prepare for that worst case scenario and but still live your life expecting the best you're going to be okay um i personally like to break break i guess the the concept of personal defense down into three things the before during and the after you know the before is all about hey work on your awareness skills understand preparation make sure you fully understand the the laws you know in your community in your state so that's the before the during of course is all about tactics and the important thing there is to keep it simple Regular training and uh, and regular training is uh, is a lot like bathing. You got to do it frequently to be effective. <laughs> um, and the last last but not least is the after. 
you know, we never, none of us want to be in the situation where we're, we're actually experiencing it after because that means something bad went wrong. But nonetheless, that's what we prepare for. And you got to know what to say and what not to say um, to the responding officers, to the investigative officers, and you better have a legal and financial backup plan. So if you just focus on that before, during, and after, and then on the, on the bigger umbrella above that is to, man, live your life with positivity. Expect the best, but prepare for the worst. Mm-hmm. Good words of us. Yeah, yeah, that is good advice. That's something we don't talk about much. So I'm glad you brought it up because we, we, we spend so much time uh, focused on those those elements in this industry that we forget to sometimes say, hey, it's okay to be happy. <laughs> it's okay to expect the best from from the people around us. <clears throat> yep. Yep. Nice. So, Tim, I think we're going to leave some things to discuss in our upcoming live webcast, uh, Guardian Nation okay. Live. And uh, so I want to take the opportunity right now to kind of, I guess, let everyone know that, guess what? <laughs> in case you didn't catch that hint, on October 12th at 7 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, and so that would make it 6 p.m. Pacific time, we will have Tim Schmidt uh, from U.S. Concealed Carry Association on our monthly Guardian Nation live broadcast. And we're so excited to have you as part of that as well. Guys, I'm looking forward to it as well. That'll be an opportunity to ask questions. For those of you who have been listening, if you've had thoughts, uh, you know, questions that you'd like to ask, write those down. You know, put them put them down and get logged into that broadcast so that you can ask Tim directly. And and uh, we're, he's going to be put on the spot with all sorts of awesome questions from all of you. Oh boy, <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> nice. Uh, it should be a good time. As folks know that have participated in past Guardian Nation Live events. Uh, these are very popular, very, very fun, very informative events. Uh, we've had past guests like Rob Pincus, Rob Latham, uh, Kyle Lamb, and many others. Uh, Mike Hughes, I know you guys are familiar with Mike Hughes. I see he's uh, uh, on your website as well as uh, an instructor, uh, someone you've teamed up with. So, uh, you know, this is this is a great opportunity for our listeners of this podcast. If you haven't already checked out Guardian Nation, uh, to do so, so you can be part of that's that's a requirement to be part of the Guardian Nation live broadcasts and come prepared with your questions and get your answers uh, directly from Tim Schmidt, the man himself. I'll add to that if if you're unable to attend live in that event, it will be recorded and members will have access to the recording of the event and of course all the recordings of past. Uh, live broadcasts that we've done. So go to www.guardianation.com uh, to get set up so that you can participate in that live broadcast with Tim. And and for me, Tim, I just want to say thank you again for, for your time. We know it's valuable. And I think that your insights, um, people can relate to it. People are, you know, gain a lot of valuable uh, understanding of kind of this, this industry and what you've done to support and help gun owners out there. And, and certainly a big thank you uh, for all that you've done. Oh, you guys, man, I, I, I really appreciate that. And, and, uh, again, thanks for having me on the podcast. It was a blast. I had a good time and I'm looking forward to the October event. Great. Thanks so much, Tim. You take care now and we'll see you here in a couple of weeks. Good luck with the launch of uh, self-defense shield 6.0. All right. Thanks. Thanks guys. Take care and stay safe. You too. And so there you have it. That was our interview with Tim Schmidt, president of the USCCA, uh, and founder. And, uh, wow. Uh, what do you think, Jacob? Yeah, I, I thought it was f- fantastic. I think that, you know, for one, for those of you who may be involved in the firearm industry in any way, I think his story is a very inspiring entrepreneur story. But more importantly, I think for any gun owner, um, you get a sense for 
a little bit of a taste, I think, of, of the culture and the vision and the purpose that that company has. And since a lot of us are probably members of the USCCA, I certainly am, uh, I think it, it gives you a sense of man, what, what you're part of and, and what you're supporting, but also what they're supporting, what, what their deepest purpose is. And when we were out there at their office, uh, I don't know how long ago that was now, I guess about a month ago, uh, it, it, you could really feel that as you walked through their building and you saw everything, you know, all the people's stuff on their desks and the stuff on the walls. I mean, this is a company that really is about supporting the armed citizen and doing you know their part to kind of combat evil, like, you know, to, to be as frank as I can. And and I think that they they really have kept that that real deep purpose at the forefront of their mind, and that's that's guided them as a company. And and we we feel that when you talk to someone like Tim, and you get a sense for what it's all about. Yeah. So pretty exciting news from the USCCA with the addition of the not platinum, excuse me, the elite level of uh, self-defense shield so members now have the option of joining as or becoming or upgrading to the elite level which basically doubles all of the coverage of the platinum level which is really cool it's really impressive uh i i think by far as far as uh uh if you look at at it as from the whole uh it is the highest coverage you can basically achieve for this type of product uh in the industry yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, the, the rising, you know, good, good thing about capitalism, right? Like more competition, you know, makes everyone better. And in this case, I think with the NRA carry guard product coming out, uh, the USCCA has responded by saying, Hey, you know what, can we make ours even better? And that's what you see here. And so I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. I think it's great. And I'd love to see what the other competition does, uh, to, to respond as well, because I'd love seeing, you know, that industry growing and getting better and stronger and putting out a better product. Yeah, for sure. So really cool and exciting to see from the USCCA. Uh, you know, there's a lot of exciting things to see in the industry and uh, things are just going to get better. I mean, when we see stuff like this happen, uh, hopefully what I think is that the the consumer is going to be who benefits uh, because coverages will get better, plans will get better, offerings will, will increase, variety, and uh, all of that will just get better. And so Really cool, and uh, we're excited to uh, be one among the first to announce and and put it out to the public that this uh, new elite level uh, of the USCC membership is now available. Um, Self Defense Shield 6.0. So this is a six year that, that that has existed, and seems about basically every year uh, they've upgraded, improved, and, and stepped stepped up their game. Yeah, and for those of you who are already members who are interested, I'm sure you can just just call the number on your membership card or the number on their website and let them know you're interested in, in the uh, you know upgrading your your coverage. And for those of you who are not members, uh, we have a really well. Of course, I guess it's outdated now, but on our website, if you go to concealcare.com and under the resources section, there's a an option, a link that says something like insurance. If you click on that, we have a kind of very comprehensive comparison chart that compares all the different programs to each other. And that's a good place to start, to start to do some research, see who all the providers are, uh, what the options are. And of course, it's outdated now. We'll have to go in and update the USCCA's uh, information uh, with this new with this new product. But I'd encourage you, if, if you're you know hesitant or if you've been on the fence or if you just are you know, barely starting to understand, you know, learn about this idea of you know firearm legal insurance and coverage, uh, that's a good place to start. Go to our website, go to the resources section, click on insurance and look at that chart. 
Yeah. And also, too, if you after listening to this interview with Tim Schmidt today, uh, if you are, I mean, go check out that chart. It's a cool chart. Uh, Got to work to update it now, obviously. Uh, but we also have a link that folks can go to directly to learn about the USCCA. Is that right, Jacob? Yes, correct. And that would be just www.concealedcarry.com forward slash USCCA. So it's our website slash USCCA. That'll take you right to kind of their main info page where you can you know, get all the details, see all the different levels and make your decision. So just, yeah, www.concealedcarry.com forward slash USCCA. Cool. Thanks for uh, dropping that link uh, for me. And uh, so with that, once again, uh, seeing additional you know reports coming in, uh, nothing that's terribly different or changed about this Las Vegas shooting that I'm going to share here on the podcast. But uh, it's just, uh, it's really sad to see. And it is a, a reminder. Um, it is a motivator for me, Jacob, to just make to to do better and frankly to get even more passionate and uh busy with teaching inspiring and hopefully preparing more people uh out there in our society in our communities in our in our towns and and homes and communities to be more prepared because i mean i and frankly i don't know what more you could do a situation like this, uh, except to get yourself the heck out of there as quick as possible. But still, it's it's a it's a motivator for me, and I'm feeling extremely passionate about getting even more busy with helping teach and inspire more people uh, through concealedcarry.com and and this the Concealed Carry podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, uh, you may have noticed, folks, uh, we didn't have any sponsors of, of this episode today we didn't feel that was necessarily appropriate um as far as like with all the shooting and everything going on it's a solemn day uh but we are happy to have had tim on and uh i guess we'll consider that a unofficial sponsor uh naturally because of the content but with that i think we're gonna sign off here and we will see you here in just a couple of days for episode 162 uh, we're so thankful to have all you listeners out there supporting us and the podcast and making everything we do here possible. Uh, and so just a reminder to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Truly, everyone, take care and be safe out there. Reminder that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com, and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws. But things could be different where you live, or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.